Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are you all ready for the Bible today? All right, Romans 8.11 says this, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, this was in our Holy Spirit class today, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who is in you. Let me me say that in layman's terms. It's saying that the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead after, after paying for our sins and being in the tomb for three days, if the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that's pretty powerful, is living in you, that Holy Spirit will quicken and give life to your mortal body. Amen? Don't that sound good? All right, let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for the privilege of coming and worshiping you, God. If all we did was come and worship you and pour our hearts out to you, just listen for you, that would be plenty. But Lord, we ain't done. We want to hear your word. We just ask God that um, by your Holy Spirit that every single one of us will receive something that's really valuable for us, Lord, that we would learn and grow in our walk, in our journey with you. God, I want to thank you that you treat us so much better than we deserve. You're a good dad. You're a good father. You're so good to us. And uh, Lord, we trust you as we open up our hearts to hear your word. And I do pray, God, for the empowerment, the leading of your spirit to share what's in your word. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, it's really cool is when uh, the worship and the word and then the word all kind of like really run together. Because I want to talk to you for a few moments today about... Have you ever had any habits that you couldn't change? Ever had any attitudes that you felt powerless to change? Some of you are like, are you going to beat up on me today? No, I'm not going to beat up on you today. You ever had any sins, patterns of sins that you just couldn't break? Um, Today, I want to share a very powerful lesson from Scripture. It is not complicated, but it is really profound and Uh, The name of the message today is A Better Way, because if you take it to heart, this principle from Scripture that I'm going to show you, uh, it'll transform your struggles. Does that sound good? Transform your struggles. Many of us are trying to make changes the hard way, and I want to encourage you that there is a better way, and to do that, we're going to look into Scripture and I got a lot of Bible. Is that okay in church today? I got a lot of Bible for you today. I love preaching out of the Bible. I highly recommend using that. Um, what's cool is I love in Scripture where when Scripture connects with weaknesses and says, I see you. And in Romans chapter 7, Paul does that. In Romans seven eighteen. now this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church of Rome. And he says, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature, For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Ever been there? I wanted to do the right thing. I couldn't carry it out. Verse 19, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. 
Now, some of y'all are so spiritual that you never do anything you never want to do, and you're just, you're amazing. You just endure this with the rest of us sinners today, okay? I, I love how Paul talks about the struggle because he says, listen, I want to do good, but I cannot. Now, this isn't all the time. A lot of y'all do great things. A lot of us do, we do wonderful things, but there are times when we want to do the right thing. We want to do the pure thing. We want to do the good thing, but we just cannot carry it out. I do not want to do wrong, but I do, and it comes so naturally. You know, it just, just flows. You know, in recovery, in our living free group, which I love our living free group, I love it, and I love every time I get to hang out there, spent years with the group, and I love in recovery, we, we call this being powerless, which sounds very, you know, shameful, but no, actually, it's a wonderful thing when you come to the place where you realize, I'm powerless, and this is how it says it in scripture, we say, or excuse me, it says it in, in, the, um, in living free and in recovery, it says, I admit, would you say I admit? I'll read the rest of it for you. But this is how it flows. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. Now, I know some of y'all are going, well, that doesn't sound very encouraging. No, 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 no. The thing is, is when you admit that you are powerless in your strength, it sets you up for the strength that gives you power. See, we should all come to this revelation that we are powerless. Now, I'm not saying come to this revelation to leave you there. But I mean that in ourselves, to live a pure and holy life, that we don't have the power to do that. Not that you can't do any good. I'm just saying you can't actually be good in your own strength. Amen? If you think differently, honestly, I think you're doing it wrong, scripturally. Um, Here's the Apostle Paul saying, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I want to do, this I keep on doing. And then what he does, he sets up the problem in Romans chapter 7. But then he begins to flow into the answer. Aren't you thankful that the, that the word gives us answers, not just the problem? So in Romans 8, Paul begins this discussion about the sinful nature, which in your Bible, a lot of times it's called the flesh. That's what we refer to as the, the sinful nature. Like your, you know, it's, it, the concept is like your physical body, like, but it's talking about a nature, that your, your sinful nature. And then we talk about the spirit, life in the spirit. Remember when, when um, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he said, you must be born again? That idea is that there's this new life being born again where you have this new life by the spirit and you have the Holy Spirit in your life, in, you know, the Holy Ghost in your spirit. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Right? So he's talking about these two different natures. And he does this in both Romans, and he also does it in Galatians. The Romans version, where we're in chapters 7 and 8, is more of like this theological discussion where we're, you could like draw maps. Okay, so this nature and that nature. and this For, for your, you analytics and people who like to have everything in your spreadsheets, it kind of just explains it all like that. Galatians is a little bit more like practical, like the average person. It's a shorter book. It's a letter written to a, a specific group of churches uh, in its first edition, if you will, or, or first publish, publishing. And it's just a practical discussion. And what Galatians 5 says is this. Drop, talking about the same thing, that the flesh and the spirit. Galatians 5.19 says, The acts of the flesh 
that sinful nature, are obvious. Now, I'm reading out of your Bible. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, enviness, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I love that statement. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Isn't that cool? I mean, not cool like good. I mean, like, it's just clear. I love it when things are just clear. But then... Paul in Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh the sinful nature, with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You couldn't get two lists that that were any more different, could you? Sexual immorality, joy. Like, it's just like, forbearance, right? Jealousy. Like, it's just like, you could, what I, I love is just, it's not complicated. I don't mean to make it light, but I think sometimes we, in our lives, we like get a flashlight and we're like, you, know, you think about sin and you're like, I've got to find everything. It's obvious. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just obvious. The Holy Spirit, you know, right and wrong, right? It's just obvious. And so it makes sense that Paul is talking about these two natures, the sinful nature and the nature of the Spirit that's born of the Spirit. And here's the problem. This is the most important thing that I'll probably say to you today. Many of us are trying to rehabilitate our sinful nature. We're trying to to train our old nature, our sinful nature, to be good. And what we need to do is we need to live by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Because when you try to train a broken nature, you can only do so much. And that's when you're working really hard. When you're working on yourself and you're like, I'm going to be good, I'm going to think good. It's a lot of effort to fix a broken nature. But you see, God gave you a new nature and he gave you his spirit. Are you following along with me today? And, and this is like, this is the main, most, like the most profound thing in scripture that I want to share with you today. Not complicated, not fancy at all. Is if you are trying to be a better person by retraining your carnal nature, stop. Stop it. And I'm going to show you in scripture how, how to do this. Again, in Galatians chapter 5, I want to jump to verse 24. It it started off with the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, faithfulness, right? In verse 24, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That does not sound like retraining to me. It says, crucified your flesh. Isn't that interesting that it's the same language as how Jesus died for your sins? Y'all, You're supposed to kill your old nature, not rehabilitate it. Some of us are trying in our own strength to change ourselves, and our heart is in the right place. We're just doing it wrong. 
It says it again in Romans. Romans 8.13, it says, remember I said it says it in both Galatians and Romans. Romans 8.13 says, if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. If by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body. Y'all, this is violent language. We're crucifying things. We're putting to death things. And how does it say that you put it to death? By the Spirit. Y'all, when you got the Holy Ghost helping you put to death the Spirit, the game is fixed in your favor. The Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead will now give you life rather than trying to rehabilitate your, your carnal nature. And Martin Luther, um, who... Um, was you know, a great leader in the Protestant Reformation hundreds of years ago, before he kind of had his breakthrough of, of, you know, of uh, salvation by faith and, and this, this, the, the revelations that he had, he actually he was trying to literally beat sin out of his own body. When he would have wrong thoughts and wrong thinking and things like that, he would literally beat his flesh trying to get himself to, to, to be a better person. And he thought if he punished his, his flesh, he would beat it out, and it wasn't working. And the reason is, he was trying to do it wrong. He was trying to destroy his sinful nature. And it's by the Spirit that we're supposed to do it. So what are we supposed to do Practically. Again, I told you, this message is not going to be complicated. Because if we go home with just one clear thought, we're having a good day. We've already worshipped God, it's already a good day. Just one clear thought. The answer, again, is not retraining or rehabilitating an old nature. In Galatians 5, 16, it says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh just want to stop right there. Isn't that profound? Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. It really reminds me of when Jesus came to his disciples and said, come and follow me. It's hard to have your focus on the carnal nature and to revive your carnal nature when your focus is on following Jesus. It's hard to do both at the same time. We read 16 and go to 17. But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its, sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For the, the, these are in opposition to one another. So you may not do the things that you please. So the answer is, is walking by the Spirit, following the Spirit. What does that mean? It means asking the Holy Spirit to lead you. It means asking the Holy Spirit to empower you. And I don't mean that as like just fancy like Christianese talk. I mean like the Spirit can give you power for living. He can cause you to love people who you find unlovely. He can cause you to, to, to look at things differently and to have a different attitude in your own heart and mind because of that Holy Spirit that is in you. And His Spirit can give you strength in the places that you are weak. So how do you walk by the Spirit? The first thing is, you don't run from God. Here's the thing about when we sin. When we sin, we tend to get this shame in our heart. 
And often that shame makes us want to run from the very one who forgives us and receives us. It makes us run from the solution. Aren't we silly? So silly. I messed up, so I'm going to go punish myself away from God. The answer is always, 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 always to run to God. In every situation, in every circumstance, in everything in your life, the answer is always to go towards him. It is never, ever, ever to go away from him. Amen? The challenge is, if we run from the very one who can empower us to overcome sin and who can empower us to crucify that nature, running from him is not going to bring the solution. It's just going to delay the solution. I want to give you permission today that when you are a bad version of yourself, to not run from him, to run to him. Do you hear that today? He wants you to run to him, just like we, we said with the prodigal in, 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 when Melanie was sharing, right? The prodigal, you run to him, you run to him. It was, was when he ran to him that there was the solution. Everything else was a delay from the solution. And you know what? That's when all the bad stuff happens. And let's face it. Some of us, many of us, most of us, when we sin, when we get in a place that's not good, what ends up happening is in those moments, you tend to sin more. Am I talking to the right church? I know. We're just so like, we're just talking like we're all, like we sin. Yes! First John says, if you claim to be without sin, you're a liar. It was written to the church. But if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just and will cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That scripture is for me. But see, we are, we are doers. We want to fix it. We want to do it. And I want to tell you, you can't fix your sinful nature. You bury it. You bury it. It says we do that when we get baptized, that we bury our sinful nature and come up the new man. The challenge is the sinful nature wants to rise up again. And you just got to kind of like keep, you know, over and over again. I don't want to get too violent here. Um, <laughs> most of you, I'm not going to offend with gun analogies, but, we, you know, but I want to be gracious. The second part is you, to be spirit-led, you've got to feed your spirit man rather than your flesh. This is really simple. What you feed wins. It's not complicated, right? If what I'm feeding myself is things that are, are not going to help me, well, then I'm feeding a nature and I'm just kind of setting myself up. Feed yourself well. Feed yourself with, with the good stuff. And just ask ourselves, like, am I feeding my spirit man enough? Do I have enough going on in my spirit man where my spirit man is ruling over and putting to death the things of this nature? And the way that you can evaluate it, Romans 8, again, is so practical from a theological standpoint. Romans 8, 5 says this, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Just think about, we just think about our thought life, right? If every time somebody cuts me off in traffic, I've got words coming out that I wouldn't use on Sunday. That's where our mind is set at the moment, right? But if we go, oh, I'm going to, just like Jeremy, I'm just going to pray for them and assume there's somebody in a hospital dying. I don't think anybody's in the hospital dying, but I, I just think they're, never mind. But I'm just going to pray for them, and, and I'm not going to let what's going on in them mess with me. It says, but those who live accordance to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Well, what if your mind is not set on what the Spirit desire, desires? 
change it. Go feed, go feed yourself and put something good in you. I don't mean it like, like a rote kind of like I'm reading scripture out loud and over myself and, and like being weird about it. I mean like just with your heart. Like go feed yourself. Put something good in. Put your mind on the Lord. Just take a break, right? Verse 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Y'all, this is really, really simple. Can I read it to you again? This is not complicated. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. Paul is not saying this in a real condemning way. He was just saying in chapter 7, I do what I don't want to do. What's the answer? And he's giving you the, us all the answer and himself in, in chapter 8. Those who are living according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, and the mind governed by the Spirit is life. It's not complicated. It's profound. Too many people are overcoming their sinful nature, their their sinful behavior, attitude, habits by just trying to stop doing it. And our focus becomes on, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. And the irony is when you're going, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, all you're doing is thinking about that. There's just a practicalness of, we don't have to focus on all the things we're not doing that produce death in our lives. Let's focus our mind on him and on the good stuff. Um, and a lot of times Christianity gets boiled down into, are you sinning? Are you sinning? Are you sinning? Are, you know, and we, we just live this life of just kind of like trying to rule over this thing, and then we get into that place where we're just trying to rehabilitate something that's broken. But there's life in the Spirit. There's this life in the Spirit. God wants to replace that place where you're sensing the brokenness with something from Him. He doesn't want you to just deny it, just not focus on or, or, or just try to not, 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 not. He's got something better for you. Romans 8, 11 again. And if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body because of the Spirit who lives in you. He is the answer. You are not the answer. He is the answer. Your answer is how do I walk by the Spirit? How do I feed my Spirit? How do I have my mind on the things of God? Not in a weird, kooky way, but in a re- like a real sincere way. Like these are just what the things that I fill myself with, and that's going to produce fruit, and that's what my mind and my heart are going to be on. Now, I want to I close with this thought today. Um, for us to be able to do this, you cannot do this as a human if you're not born again. And when I say born again, I mean you have asked God to come into your life and to give you a new life. Because we are dead apart from Christ, but we are alive when we receive him in our lives. This is not a word that you can, you can implement if your life is not in his hands. And if you have any question whether, like, am I saved, am I not saved, God doesn't want you to question. He doesn't want to, you to walk in fear. He doesn't want you to walk wondering. He wants to give you the assurance in your, in, in your heart that you have the Holy Spirit in your life. For many of us, we know. You know that God is in your life. You know 
that you've received him in your life. Now, just walk by the Spirit. But if you're in a place you're like, I don't know if I've ever had that, that day, that moment. Well, March 13th, 2022, you say to Jesus, today, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I put my life into your hands and I want to follow you, Jesus. And you'll be born again. Jesus has done all the work. He's done all the heavy lifting so that you can have a new life. And he's ready to bring you in to his family and to give you a new life. If if you are a believer today and you're just battling, you're struggling with an attitude, you're struggling, I'm going to give you some some advice that doesn't sound intuitive. Stop it. Stop struggling. Lean into him. And ask him for his strength. He wants you to overcome. He has the power for you to overcome. And your heart's desire to not want to do the wrong thing is really good. But we have to follow what the word says. And you cannot fix yourself. Amen? We do not have the ability to fix ourselves. We have to depend on him. If you're listening today or you're online today and you need to give your life to Jesus and you're ready to follow him. Um, We want to know about it. All you have to do is cry out to him and pray pray, and pour out your heart to him and he's going to save you. He's going to save you and you're going to have a new life and and you're going to feel different and you're going to know because you're going to feel that tugging in your heart. If you're making that decision today, would you go online to let us know? Go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps because we want to walk this walk with you. If you're here today and you're making a decision like that, I would love if you would just get me. Get my attention today. I want to rejoice with you. I want to pray with you. It's the, it's, it's the most important day of your life. It's the most important day of the rest of your life. My day was May 5th, 1992. Hasn't been the same since. Would you stand with me today? I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray that in that place of failure that you will have victory but that it will be because of the Spirit. And I hope that you hear today, I hope that you hear today, God is not here to condemn you of the place of your failure. He is here to forgive and to remove your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. But he wants to empower you rather than have you feel like you're in this pattern of failure. He wants to empower you. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you you give us broken people, your Holy Spirit. Lord, for those of us who have, we've known our own failure. We've known our own weakness. God, we confess our sin before you and we thank you. We thank you that you are ready and willing to forgive us. And Lord, today, we just put our efforts before you. And we say, God, would you empower us by your spirit? May we put to death that nature. And may we learn and know what it is to walk by by the spirit. Walk by the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you today. 
God, in in your name, Jesus, I, I just believe that there are some people under the sound of my voice today that the shame is so heavy. And in the name of Jesus, we break the shame because Jesus, who knew no shame, who knew no sin, became sin for us. He took that shame, your shame. He has taken it away. And Lord, I pray that we would sense you taking away the shame, like just taking it right off of us. And that those who have felt shame will feel lighter because of what you're doing in their life. God, we thank you. We thank you. May we know what it is to walk by the Spirit. Teach us. Lead us. Guide us. And God, when we fail, may we run right to you. May we always run right to you. We love you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.